You are listening to Friends Next Door. 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 No, no, no. Three, two, one. Door. door. Hey, everyone. Welcome back on another episode of Friends Next Door. This is Mia. It's Dan. It's Thomas. And then why are we in this situation? Because... <laughs> I mean, if, if this video ever makes it on the internet, people will see that there are three people and we're sharing two mics. Yeah. Because one of us forgot our mic. So instead of musical chairs, we're playing musical mics. Correct. Yes. So this is going to be fun. We'll see how this comes out. Um, but today, we're going to be talking about high-pressure situations, like the one that Dan is in right now because he's in hot water. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about you know how to deal with pressure, whether it's... Uh, like really big, I guess, versus small. Mm -hmm. um, like and types. whether it is a pressure that's exerted on you by the situations around you, by the people around you, or self-imposed pressure. Like we can talk about all that. Um, so we can get started. Why are you guys looking at me like that? Because you have I one have, of the mics. I have, a, I have a situation I'm going to bring up and Mia is gonna recall this. So one of the most pressurized situations I ever put her in was one time, actually many times, we were doing these live shows many, 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 many uh, years ago. Live shows? And, and I, was, wow. I was the producer. So talk about pressure situations. So Thomas has experience with live shows as well. Mm -hmm. So I was the producer director of that show and I had gotten Mia and our friend Felicia to be the hosts. And it was live, literally live on camera, broadcasting to thousands of viewers on Facebook. And it was about a subject that you guys had no idea, nor did you even care about. Um, and you guys were literally thrown into the fire. Like, to, to me, that's like one type of ultimate pressure, right? Wait, what, um, what was the subject? You, so you, I don't know if you remember this. Festival. Oh, it, my God. No, no. The first one was the Five Borough Bike Tour. <laughs> oh, see. Okay. Ma'am, I think you forgot about this. I forgot that you were the producer. I remember being in that situation with Felicia. Okay. There were a couple times when we went live on Facebook, right? When he said five borough bike tour, I'm like, oh my God, that just sparks so much memory from that time, unwanted memory. But <laughs> I think that was one, that was fine. I think that was actually pretty interesting to just like follow these people, whatever. Yeah, but um, I remember you just you, like, whoever was on the scene would just throw it back to the studio and then you Whenever and they have no yeah. idea what to do, they're like, back at you in the studio and, then, and you and flea were like uh, uh what do we talk about we're, what is happening what do we know about this borough nothing nothing and i remember us having to study the names of the bridges and all these i made you guys study everything yes. everything about new york city five boroughs and you guys were like first of all you were only in new york for the last i don't know two years right yeah 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 it wasn't yeah. even that long yeah Neither of us are New Yorkers. We had known nothing about New York. And like all these names of the areas in Brooklyn that we have to mention, I'm like, oh my Could God, these are all bridge? so foreign. Pulaski Bridge. Uh, Pulaski, <laughs> which you live near right now. Oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> but I think, okay, long story short, um, I felt like we were a lot more prepared 
before that one compared to the next one, which was the dance festival. Remember, like the dance parade. Yeah. yeah. Um. We did, Wait, I don't know about this one. Okay, we really had like little material to study beforehand, like who's in that parade, what type of dances, where they're from, and things like that. And then you have to talk about the dances and like the characteristic or whatever, right? But then mm-hmm. we didn't really have much to study, so we just kept saying probably like the same five things over and over. <laughs> so that's one kind of pressure when you literally have to perform. Yeah, for whether it's for work, yeah, for hours. Remember, it was like four hour broadcast. Oh my god! Like all all of those lives are hours long, right? Yeah. And then what about yes. the what about the uh, the uh, the street fair one, the Atlantic Attic or something? That was. <laughs> Why are we reliving all these moments right now? Because so I I was flea I was tailing flea that day, right? And it was hilarious to watch her just like be thrown into all these situations she had no idea what she was well how did you how did you handle that you know i think at that point when you're in that situation you just don't have time to fret over the situation that you are in you just have to do it there's no other options and you don't have time to like freak out either um but then the atlantic antic one was you know it was long but then you were not on air for the entire time you're like walking around um and then you find things to broadcast and you're like you know right, you talk you, to them you a little look bit for stories basically yeah, right yeah and then you were you know online or you were streaming also, for a little bit also by then you guys were like seasoned veterans of live broadcasting <laughs> i don't know about that because also it was a different situation um <laughs> but yeah the in-studio one was interesting so look uh, there's a lot of types of pressure. Um, I think this is a very interesting topic because I just thought of this, but did you, f- do you guys feel like you were more under pressure when you were an adolescent? What stage of, in other words, what stage of your life did you feel the most pressure in different situations? College. Oh. Yeah, college. Really? Because I was a terrible student. And then... And like, but did you feel pressure to become a better student? Uh, no, the pressure was like, if um, the pressure was if I failed a class or something, then it actually impacts me, like you know, your future, like my future, right? right. Exactly. Um, and uh, I was really good at not doing homework and not right. studying, so that was very real for was me. Was this was this self imposed? Okay, was it like? Pressure knowing that you have to get a good, you know, perform well so you can get a good job after, which is imposed by fit, like your personal issues and also societal issues. You know, I, I mean, I think um, I don't think people think that far, or at least I didn't, because it's more of just like you can only see what's ahead of you. Right. So for me, it's just like so for the class, it's like, OK, I have to pass this class or if I like what happens if I don't pass this class. Um, and then you think by semester and you think by like your whole tenure in school, right? So like, okay, if I don't pass this class then I have to take it again next semester and then I could further, you know, delay my graduation, things like that. And, and I did fail classes. Right. So my next question was, did you, that pressure, did that make you perform? So it was good or not. And you failed in that pressure. Oh, I, I, I failed. 
Because, yeah, because I definitely still, I don't think the pressure made me perform any better. It just made me stress a lot more. So that was uh. in one instance where I just like kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't say collapsed, but it was just like, I didn't respond to the pressure. I mean, you still graduated though. I mean, eventually, yeah, sure. In four years or more? <laughs> uh, Like five. Five total years? Yeah. Because you failed some classes. I failed some classes and I was, I was also working part-time for like my gotcha. last year or so, yeah. So... I spent this. I spent five and a half years in college. I didn't. Did you? I did almost six, okay. and uh, I felt no pressure, <laughs> which is why it took me that long. Because all I was doing was like taking. I took so many elective classes that I almost had enough for multiple minors, and I didn't care. You know, normally people would figure out, okay, this is what I want to do. Um, I want to get a degree in this so I can go and get a job in this field and I like to spend the least amount of money doing it, mm -hmm. right? Um, I was like, yeah, there's a thing called student loans, so whatever, I'm just going to apply for them. Oh, I got a student loan. Everybody gets a student loan. Oh, and uh, yeah, I guess college is just for me to figure out what I like to do. So what best way to do that than to take a bunch of classes, rack up a bunch of student loans, and no pressure whatsoever. Wow. I took my time. <laughs> Let me put it this way. I had so much white hair during college it, and it all went away when I started working. <laughs> I had so, so you much. you don't care about performing well. I had well. so much white hair. No, I think like, no, no, no. It's not that I don't care about performing well in, in work. I think I just didn't, I just hated doing homework. I hated studying. Mm. And then for work, it was about like, you know, building and exploring. You can actually test what you're doing and everything like that. Um, there's that feedback loop and then versus for, for school, it's just like you, you have like this, like, I don't know, couple months long goal of like, whatever, you don't even know what, what, what you're going to, what it's going to look like. Right. Um, so yeah, it's just like, I was so stressed during school, even though I performed horribly and it was just like all this white hair is crazy. That is so interesting. Yeah. I think the time when I felt the most pressures pressure was actually when I was in Malaysia. Oh, okay. So I was pretty young. I was like 16, 17, 18 years old. Um, and it wasn't because, okay, I've always been a good student. Okay, <laughs> go on. So like, pat my back. <laughs> like, that's not the problem. But I think the problem was when we were in Malaysia, actually it was like during 1998, uh, economic collapse in like Southeast Asia, right? So like my family was struggling financially. So right. like the thought of like my parents sacrificing everything to like send us overseas to study right. put so much pressure on me because I was thinking this is a lot of money to them and so I right. could not fail. Mm -hmm. And um, I think at the time there was like just a lot of new environments that I was put in, right? Like yeah. new school um, even like new languages that I had to, like, I, I couldn't speak English at the time. Right. So it was a struggle all over. So that was pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, and also the classes that I was in were actually really small. It was like a six person class and everybody was like super smart. So I'm like, oh okay. crap, I don't know what I'm doing. So that was bad. And then how'd you respond? How'd you deal with it? Uh, <laughs> I did okay. I think I had to catch up on a lot of things. Um, 
I don't think I responded well. I think I was just like pressured and I couldn't really deal. So I was just suffering. Do you think that helped build character though? Like build your character in some way? Uh, yeah, I think so. Cause like we talked about this in a previous episode where I thought that that kind of situation. Right, the hardships, right? Right, it, it yeah. helps you, it pushes you to be more mature right faster right like and you also feel like the like the all the like the the experiences of going live also helped as well like over time uh oh yeah yeah uh i think obviously the experience of going live happens a lot later in my life so i think at that point <laughs> i was able to manage the stress better oh yeah <laughs> i mean okay also it helps the fact that I wasn't doing it alone. Like if I was doing that alone, I would have just jumped out of a building probably. <laughs> yeah. So that helped. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's, there's definitely a lot of pressure to do any sort of live broadcasting. Yeah. Cause like, like, um, like I've worked on, I've been working, I, I work on a live show and then I control what signal gets broadcast. And so yeah. if I mess up, that's sort of, maybe it's less obvious to the viewer if it's like, a small thing but right. i definitely know and if it's a big thing i definitely like everyone right. knows then right um but I, I think a lot of these things it's like it kind of like it is one of those things that kind of builds character so and and like i think one of the things where it's like like you want to find people that have you know that are like steady under situations right exactly yeah exactly steady hands you know <clears throat> so one you of want the most to freak out exactly yeah. one of the most crazy situations i've been in is um, so I had this really janky car when I was in California yeah. years ago. Right. And then, so, uh, what happened was I, w I just went to the, uh, car mechanics to get my oil changed. And then when I got my car and I was going uh, back onto the freeway, as I was going onto the on-ramp and picking up speed, I seen the hood of my car kind of flutter uh -huh. and then flip open oh my hit my windshield and then just tear off oh my gosh and then i was great yes and then uh my roommate <laughs> I, I was just like no hmm okay i gotta go back to the mechanic and my roommate was like why are you not freaking out? Like, and and my roommate was sitting next to me at the at the time. Did you also have to go pick up that hood from behind you? I couldn't. So it was a single. It was a single yeah. lane on ramp, and yeah. it curved up. Yeah. So I couldn't even look back because okay. there were cars behind me. So I don't think it hit anything behind me yeah. because of the curve. Thankfully, it would have made the news. Exactly. Yeah. And so like, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. There wasn't even a shoulder for me to right. pull over. You know. So I was actually pretty nervous that I, you know, that hurt someone. So um, I did check the news and everything. Yeah. But anyways, I. But it was just like that one of those situations where you can't really prepare for that. It was right. just like it's like one of those things where. It, it, it like you have to temper yourself over time right kind of thing. right that is crazy do you <laughs> Whoa, okay do you typically okay when you were in that type of situation i don't think you are but like do you freak out because you you don't huh no you, I... for some reason you can stay calm yeah because some people will freak out at the slightest problem um and some can just like okay you know how do we do this and i mean that's not i think panic. part of it is that like my reaction is too slow i'm like true a, I'm oh like my god a, I, I i think i'm the same way i like i might be a dumb rock sometimes <laughs> so it's like it's like oh it's because i was just like oh hmm my hood tore off 
me to go back to my mechanic <laughs> and then it's only afterwards like oh that's actually kind of yeah, terrifying like it didn't register like how bad the situation was because i think that's how i normally react to like i right. don't like somehow I, I i underestimate the the situation the that I'm severity in yeah. yeah but i think the benefit of that is like you don't like freaking out actually makes it worse right because right? imagine if i like oh crap yes you know, swerve okay like so that, i i think that's a that's a trade-off there that is true but then also you can freak out a little bit so that it pushes you to react faster <laughs> <laughs> what would he have done <laughs> yeah like, man. slam on the brakes <laughs> i mean that's what i would have done i would just slammed on the brakes and then checked behind me and then ran out and grabbed the hood and put it in the car because <laughs> to me like i'm just trying to find a salute like I'm like, okay, I don't want to lose my hood. I don't want to hurt anyone. I don't want to hurt myself, but I'm going to try to, I guess, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I couldn't whatever. even pull over on yeah. the shoulder. It was, a, it was an on-ramp. And then, so anyways, for, for a long time, my car had three yeah. colors. It's original color. Yeah. Uh, the, the hood. Gun, no, no, no. The gunmetal front uh-huh. uh, after my first car accident uh-huh. and then a white hood. Holy cow. it was an old Camry and I, that was the only part I, I had could a find. guy in New York that... uh came out of his car and wanted to fight me oh yeah so i cut i cut a guy off by accident and, and you know i'm not i'll own up to it if i was an accident i'll mm-hmm. apologize right but he basically had road rage he he veered in front of me stopped the car and oh, got wow. got out of the car and started walking toward me wow yeah so what'd you do oh i just very calmly like rolled down the window i was like hi sir i'm sorry i cut you off and um that was enough. So to, you diffuse it. You diffuse it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I'm like, I apologize. Like, like I, what, else can you what do you want me to do? <laughs> right. Like, I'm sorry. And then he, I mean, he literally looked like he was going to try to come and pull me out of the car and fight me. Right. But like, how but, do you, yeah. how do you tr- like, pr- I guess, how do you practice for these situations? So, or like, can you even? Not Cause, really. Cause like, yeah. for example, like Mia going live or like live broadcasts mm-hmm. and things like that. Like I've done, I've like performed or competed like mm-hmm. on stage before, right? And that's also a type of pressure because you yeah. can't slip up in those situations. And like the first time you're all you're extremely nervous, but yep. afterwards it gets a little better. I right? think you just it's it's experience. So if it's like it's, if we're talking about and we'll get to like the the pressure that you can't really see, like societal pressures which is includes like family, but like this is we're talking about now like actual pressure situations. Right. And I think the best way is just if you have gotten through, I think you guys have a good way of buffering any situation because you don't overreact. I think it's actually a good thing. <laughs> just like you said to me, I'm like, if somebody freaks out, they could actually make the wrong decision. You know, they say like, don't panic. You know, if in a, in a let's say you, you get hurt, don't panic, right? So you, you can think things through. Uh, for me, like I've had my butt, I've gotten my butt kicked before, you know, I've, so I'm like, Okay, like if he's not, if he doesn't kill me, like I've been punched, I've been beat up, like it's not a big deal. I I know I I know I'm not gonna fight him and make the situation worse. Mm. But look, if he wanted to like shatter the glass, throw a punch at me, like first of all, I could just drive away. Right. You know, I've been in those situations. I've gotten you know, I never I don't really start fights, but I had people try to you know kick my group's butt, and I was in the middle of it in college because you got these unruly drunk people on the street. Uh, you know, so I've gotten punched by, you know, I've been in China. I've gotten like punched by policemen. Oh, wow. So as a teen, so I'm like, you know what? It, pain doesn't really bother me. 
Um, so I know my pain threshold. Like I know like, you know, if I haven't been knocked out, but I know what it feels like. So it doesn't bother me. Right. I've tore, you know, I've hurt my leg. I've hurt all parts of my, Mia knows I fell off ATV. So pain is nothing. So I felt pain. <laughs> You know, like physical pain is not a big deal. So if the guy wants to come and like inflict physical pain on me, I'm like, okay. So I've been in that situation, but yeah, like you guys, you know, in some pressure situations, if you've been in it, you're not that worried, I guess. Yeah. I think it also something that gets better with time and practice. But I think, you know, if you make a conscious effort to one, prepare for the situation if you can, and then two, just you know, if things go south, then you just deal with it and learn from the whole situation, yeah. right? And not and not like beat yourself up for it. What about like pressure to perform well at work? Yeah, that's a that's a whole nother um, type of pressure, right? If you have like we we're talking about before off before we started taping, is like giving presentations. You know, things that will in the back of your mind have consequences on the pro on your job, on the progress of your job, right. maybe getting a promotion or let's just say in a job interview, like trying to get a new job or talking to your uh, people above you to try to get a promotion. You know, those are, those are like really, because you're dealing with, you're thinking, okay, if this goes wrong, this could really have a big effect on the money I make, the position I have. So that's like a whole nother pressure. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's like, I mean that, I think that's different from things you can't control, right? That you can control. So does that make you perform better or worse? I think if you think about it more, the consequences at least, then it definitely makes it worse. Cause then it just, <laughs> cause then it just weighs on your mind. Right. Like, I almost feel like if you're going to talk to your manager for like a promotion or something, you go in there demanding it. And like with like a... Wait, you're saying you should go there demanding. Well, as in, instead of like coming in from kind of like a weak position of like, uh, oh, may I have yourself. a promotion, please, sir? You know, you want to go in with like, give me this promotion. Please, sir. <laughs> <laughs> like, and if you go from that, I think you'll you'll like you'll have more calm nerves if mm. you come from like a if you almost come from like an angrier position because <laughs> then you're just like like so hot on it rather than just like kind of like weak and feeble kind of thing you know true I'm really i mean i'm not i'm not proposing people go like ask like that but it's just like i i think if you think more about the consequences it just gets worse you you almost need to like dumb yourself down a little bit i think like not think about the consequences yeah, yeah. i feel like okay because thomas you've you've been in competitions right for dance yeah mia what is the last competition you were in go calligraphy competition oh <laughs> calligraphy no I'm, not, I'm just kidding cursive writing competition <laughs> <laughs> oh piano yeah around the same time okay. so when i was about five six seven years old why well, I actually think, so if I had kids, I would encourage them to play sports, do piano, do fencing, whatever, whatever competition there is. Cause I really do think it prepares them for high school, college. Yeah. The, the mental fortitude, the mental fortitude, yeah. because when you're little, 
those are like the biggest deals in your life at that point. Right. And I remember even I was never in a piano competition, but I was in, uh, even in a piano recital. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So I love sports. I never, I got nervous running, competing, but that was like good nervous. You know, I, I just couldn't wait to compete in sports, but I did not like to give recitals. Mm. So recitals were the only time I actually almost like I would black out almost or like th- want to throw up right before getting up there. And I would just like wish that there was somebody pulled the fire alarm like every <laughs> single Ooh, why time. Why not you? <laughs> no. I thought about it and it was like my worst nightmare every single time. And then right. when it's over, I'm like, ah, oh, but I never look forward to it. So I think growing up that really helped me. And but then, what, what, you know, was, what was it about recitals versus competitions though? Um, so for me, Recital is by yourself, yeah. and if you mess up, it's something you could have controlled, and it's the nerves, it, and then you question, like, should I put more practice in, mm. blah, 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 should I have, what did I eat that day? You know, like, mm. you start to question yourself. Mm. Um, competition, there's a whole nother person trying to stop you from, say, scoring or running, mm. you know, or beating you because they're faster, mm, especially right. in, like, track. Like, if I lost a track meet, I don't really care, because I'm like, you're faster than me. Right. That's, like, God-given ability. Like, who cares? You know, I literally could not care less, right? right? right. Uh, or in football or basketball, yeah, you're better than me at it. But it, but piano recitals, it's just me, myself, and I. And it's like, uh, <laughs> if I screw up, all eyes on me. It's embarrassing, right? You know, so so I've had a really tough time with piano recitals. Mm. It's so funny how he singled out piano recital. I yeah, I don't like competition. I'm okay with recital. I'm like the opposite because I'm, I'm so not competitive, mm-hmm. but recital is something that you can prepare for. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you, you have time leading up to that date to like prepare for it. I think it's almost easier to do that when you are younger, though, because like I did that when I was younger and probably didn't have too much on my mind. Mm. So it was just like, OK, well, you just get up there and then do it. But then the, the older you get, you think of all these like consequences, like what could go wrong. Right. Then you start getting really nervous and like right. want to puke. <laughs> right. Like like when I did uh, like dance or martial arts competitions before, like they're competitions, but you're not you're on stage by yourself, right? So it's it's like format wise, it's kind of like a recital, and like for those you don't think about what mistakes, or at least I I try not to think about what mistakes I made while on stage, but just like what's gonna be my next move, like what do I need to mm. do next, how do I you know, like how do I coordinate my body and things like that. There was one time where um, it was like a smaller competition in in Maryland, and it was I was doing like this sword martial arts form thing. And so how these things work is like it's like a it's like a rectangular ring kind of thing, and people sit around it right mm-hmm. at the edge of the ring. And long story short, I was performing my form, and I didn't have glasses on. And I almost stabbed some kid sitting at the edge. Oh my! Because so as I'm moving and like twirling my like swirling, twirling my sword, I'm like, I might stab this kid if I fully extend. So I, I was like, that was like an oh crap moment kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then so like I made like a quick adjustment, and then after, and actually after that for like after that one, I wore glasses for all my future competitions. Wow. 
Um, but that was just like the only yeah. time where I was like, it kind of came dangerous and I had to do some quick thinking. Cause every other time it was just like, think about the next move. Think about the next yeah. move. Like you try to like stay calm basically. Was there a time that in these pressure moments, competitions or whatever, that you surprise yourself and you, your skills got taken to the next level because of pressure? Mia? Recital? Me? Recital? No, I don't remember how it happened because I was really young. And I remember just being like, at the time I was like really small, right? And I was playing the grand piano. My hands were not even big enough to like go from low C to like high C, C yeah. to go one octave. Um, so I don't remember what happened there. But I think in terms of like upgrading in skills, that was the original question, right? I think I... I think at work, um, I've always hated public speaking. Like I never wanted to draw attention on myself, like especially, you know, in meetings or whatever. I just don't like public speaking. I don't like giving presentations. I didn't. I still don't. But I think uh, after doing it a few times, now I've gotten better with just, you know, talking a little bit smoothly. Um, being more comfortable in a public speaking setting. Mm. Uh, I think I've upgraded a little bit there. Mm. Um, still don't like it, but I think I can manage the the process a little bit better now. Yeah, same, same. Uh, like public, I, I remember during school, I always hated public speaking. And so during, when I first started working, uh, my workplace was this um, hosted Toastmasters. It's like this public speaking thing. Right. And you basically had a chance to get better at it, right? And then so I kept doing that. And then like fast forward to now, it's just um, like I have a lot of opportunity to present. And it's still... Now, right? No, and I, I still get nervous. And like, um, but it's like I don't feel as nervous anymore. However, I do have to prepare ahead of time. Like I've noticed, I've realized that I cannot improv. I cannot riff. Yeah. And when I do, bad things happen. <laughs> okay, maybe, okay. I think you can riff. You just need to have the basics covered. Like if you know the material that, you, that you're comfortable uh, with the basic material, then you can improv a little so, bit. So what I do is, when I, before any sort of presentation, I actually write out the whole speech. Yeah. And it's not even a skeleton. I write, write oh. out the whole thing. And okay. I do my best to memorize it. Uh -huh. But I know that when I'm actually speaking, I won't, I won't be able to recite all right. of it. Right. But right. I, just need, I just need some structure to go with it. I need to have the material in my head ready. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And so that's what I do when, for work. And then we all know... Don't you put like gifts and stuff on, in your deck? Oh, yeah. I like insert like... Weird jokes into my... He loves like, those. He's like, I, it's showtime when you're I, presenting. I, I insert weird jokes into my presentations. All. <laughs> How come you've seen his presentations? No, he told me because we talked about like having a good presentation at work. And he's like, oh, I love it. Because like, yeah, I, I even put all these like gifts on the on my presentation. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I don't even do that. Like, I can't. <laughs> yeah, and then... Uh, so like... So actually one of the challenges was um, since I got Invisalign, the, like my teeth and like my mouth shape kind of changed. And so that kind of impacted my speaking. Mm. So oh. like I would kind of stutter sometimes because the, the words would form different than I expected it to. So it sounds, it might like... Can you I give an example? It's like, I, it's like anytime with an S or something like that, for example, right? 
um, like now I'm not, I mean, I'm not nervous now. So it's just like, it's not triggering that like, like cycled reaction kind of thing. Um, but when I, I like even this in the past, uh, like a couple of days ago when I had to give a presentation, uh, it was just like, I was, I was hearing myself speak too much. And then, and then that like feedback loop just made it worse. And then factor in with like, like the, um, the, the host was like, Oh, you have one minute left. You have 30 seconds left. I was like, oh, oh my God, I have worst. all this information to go yeah, through. That countdown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you? Was there like an oh crap moment? Um, I think for me, uh, so I did theater in college. So on mm. stage, it's different because you've, you've prepared so much and you want yourself on stage to discover new things. And there are times when, because you've said the lines a million times, that the performance each night, because it's a different uh, audience, that you do find yourself taken to, not like the next level, but you you let that nervous energy take, take over and you will discover like mm. different emotions or different ways of interpreting the line. So that's kind of cool, but that's like part of that major, right? There's not a lot of things in life that where pressure happens and good things always come about it because you are so prepared like if you didn't know your lines you would just crap the bed right but if you knew your lines and right. you've rehearsed and you've done all the exercises then it's fine um i'd say like pressure situations at work um not at my current work but i used to run a restaurant and every single <laughs> night every single night it's like going into battle right because you it, people don't realize who's never worked in a restaurant that there are thousands of pieces and there's th hundreds of people it's like a symphony at night and i think i enjoyed it so much and i thrived in those pressure situations um because it it was i don't know something about my personality where there's like chaos and i get to try to control it mm. and stuff is flying i'm yelling um but everyone who works at a restaurant knows that like when people are yelling the staff, it's cause we're all, it's like a sinking ship mm. and we're all trying to just get to the finish line. So yes, people are going to yell because, but everyone knows it's not personal right. cause we're not attacking each other. Right. But like every night was like that. Like we're out, we're out of lettuce. Oh my God. Like I've had to run across the street to a deli to buy lettuce cause somebody forgot to order lettuce mm. and you're, or, you're ordering salad. Or you, you open the bag and none of the avocados are ripe. Mm -hmm. And there's 30 orders with avocado in it. And at that moment, you have to think on your feet as the manager. You're like, okay, uh, don't freak out. Um, it's like where all your training kicks in. You're like, yeah. where can I get avocados? Down the street. Guys, sit tight. I'm running across the street. Here's some avocados. And you just you just solve the problem. Right. You know, um, Or like you double book a party for 30. And you're like... All right. And then also knowing that nothing's going to be perfect and you're, you can only do your best. Somebody's going to be upset and just accepting it. You know, um, I think that ultimately is like the only thing you can do. Right. Yeah. I think I, the, for me, there's like a couple of work situations where I don't do well in. So like, let's say there's like a production error and then we suddenly have to diagnose and, or like, fix it or somehow like you know how in movies where it's just like you know um there's like some hackers just like 
hack into, into a system and you see like her fingers like just flying across the keyboard like that doesn't actually happen like that right and it's like i in in those situations where like we have to quickly diagnose because like you know there's probably downtime or something where something that's uh you know uh bothering like a customer or something like that right or impacting and for for those situations i actually get very nervous in like that's the kind of pressure that i actually don't do well in so um, what I, like, I, I do my best to prepare ahead of time for that so that we don't get there. Mm. So, okay. You kind of touch on that a little bit. So is in that case, is pressure good or bad for you? Because pressure does create stressful situations and nobody wants to be stressed out. We right. all just want to be happy and, you know, live a good life. So right. how much pressure is good? At what point does that become harmful? Right. Um, did did any of you ever take like a psychology like one one class? Yeah. Pretty for, sure I've probably <laughs> taken that in college. Yeah, like basic psychology. Right. Because we're, we're once in college. Right. Yeah. We're we're I slept essentially- through the entire semester. <laughs> I slept through the whole class. I may have <laughs> as well. So, make your point. <laughs> okay. So so what you're essentially talking about is like for stress or pressure, there's like two types, right? There's U stress, EU stress, um, and then there's also distress. So what? There's so like for. I don't remember that in class, but okay. So like, I think it was distress. Definitely U stress was like the more positive kind, where it's like you're in a good situation, you're just like kind of nervous about it, versus distress, where it's like you're very like panicky and anxiety and things like that. That's like the sort of a uh, for like bad situations, right? And so. Uh, Part of it is like trying to figure out like uh, how do we get more use stress or like uh, and avoid distress kind of thing. E is usually the freak out stress. What do we do? Da da da. Now I think at her work she's really good at because she's also a producer and she's really right. good at solving because you have to be. Right. But somehow when we're at home, it all goes out the window. Do you think it's you because know? she can rely on you? Correct. Yes, but it doesn't help when she's freaking out and I'm like, relax, let me think about a solution here. You're not making it easier, and, just relax. And the other part is she can't really yell at other folks at work. No, she yells at she me. she can yell at you. Yeah, like she'll be like, oh my God, just let me, and I go, relax, let me do it. Let me do it. Okay. Anyways, um, let's... uh. Let's switch and talk about societal pressures because okay. I think that is really interesting because that's like very tough to deal with and it could be really bad. So one one is like example, like for example, Asian parent type of pressure, mm. pressuring you to uh, marry someone they want you to marry or get a job that they want to you to get, go to a school that they want you to go to or, you know, pressuring you to do something where maybe you don't want to do it, but you also want to figure it out yourself and you don't want the constant, like you want to be your own person. So that type of pressure can be bad or pressured, you know, in China, like you got the gao kao, right? You mm, to, right. The, the examination, the, examin- the, the examination that would determine like your future. Right. Right. Um, but that's also like societal pressure too, because there's so few univer- good universities to get into mm-hmm. that if you don't get into it, you feel like I'm not going to get a good job, you know? So how much of 
when did you feel the most societal pressure? Are you feeling it now? Did you feel it before? Do you think you'll feel it later? Does that make sense? Like, do you, when have you, or when do you feel, have felt the most societal pressure to, to do something? I got nothing right now. I just, okay. Looking at me Mm -hmm. being like this at the stage of my life, I think you can tell that I don't let societal pressure gets to me. Uh, whether, (laughs) (laughs) whether it's like from my parents um, they're not your typical, I guess, Asian parents well, who well, like. Hold on, describe your situation right now. What 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 yeah, is what, this? What yeah, because like you know, everyone wears you know t-shirt and pajamas at home. You know, like yeah, what what is what is this? They don't even know what you what's this. This being like, I'm still living a single and free life, um, not feeling the pressure to like find a life partner. Because that's something that parents would want you to do, right, by a certain age. Um, I think my parents have given up on me at this point, so I obviously didn't really let that get to me. I think what whatever they were saying didn't really get to me. But sometimes I, for my problem, I think it's more self-imposed pressure. Mm. Like if I think that oh, I guess I should start like looking for a life partner. That is because I, that's like not something that my parents said, but it was like self-generated. So you're saying you're stubborn, like you only do it Correct. if you want to, not because yes. someone told you to. That's right. Okay. 1000%. Okay. Where was I going with that? <laughs> okay, so, so can you confirm, did you feel the societal pressure and parents pressure at one point and you actively said, no, that's not for me. I'm going to walk my own path. Or did you never feel it? Uh, it's the former. So um, I think there was a point where my mom was like worried and uh, tried to like set me up with somebody. And I was like, it's a hard no. got into a fight with my mom like no mom that's who you like not who i like Mm. um so yeah that that wasn't pleasant uh but you know it just and then your sister had a kid and then she laid off your case that's right (laughs) that's right all attention went to her (laughs) so um, what about you, Moss? As a dude, you know, we face different pressures. Mm-hmm. Similar from your folks, from your self-imposed society. Where are you at with, in your age, in terms of feeling pressure? And what kind? Yeah. Uh, I don't actually think I feel much pressure, like societal pressure. Um, like Aside from, you know, just monetary, like financial needs. Aside from that, I don't think I, I, at least I don't, I'm not aware that I really, um, like I, I might, for, for example, um, and, and my mom doesn't really give me pressure aside from like trying to find someone to settle down and all that. Um, cause I remember when I was a kid or in school, she essentially gave up on me academically <laughs> because she realized it was just like during high school, she was like, okay this is not going to work out good. Like, like you, you, you just be a good person. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to raise you with good values (laughs) and Jesus takes the wheel. (laughs) And I mean, luckily it 
turned out okay. But it's like, yeah, for her, she she like didn't really give much pressure on that at at all. Um, like, like I for studying college selection, major selection, that was all me. Um, so didn't she didn't really put much pressure there. Um, and it wasn't until that I was turn that I turned thirty that every day she's like, hey, so what's your relationship status like? Are you looking? What's happening there? Huh? 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 And then, uh, other than that, it's like, it's, it's been okay. Oh, oh, aside. And then, oh, the next thing would be buying a house. Like, so where oh. are you going to buy a house? Huh? Uh, how's the market look now? Huh? Like, where are you, where are you, where I are you going to buy? I that pressure yeah, right now. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Right. I think that's a big societal pressure because you, when you also look around and you see everyone doing one thing, getting married, buying a house, that could really weigh on you because you feel like that's what I should be doing. You know, um, I think that's pretty tough to deal with because there could be some consequences where you might not, there might be like, maybe it's not in your cards at this moment to buy a house. Maybe in the future it is because I subscribe to, you know, your, the events in your life unfold as they're planned. Right. And as a consequence, you might miss out on things that you could actually enjoy, like the here and now, you know, uh, or maybe you can make a bad decision and go after money, a decision based on going after money and going after maybe something that's more important to you. So that's actually like pressure that could have real consequences, you know, or taking a job just for the money, but sacrificing your own sanity. Right. You know, I think we all, at least for me, growing up, um, I didn't really have pressure to find somebody cause I was like, um, I, I could like find somebody if I wanted to. And so my, my mom was like, <laughs> you should probably slow down and pick somebody good rather than just try to date everybody. It was like the opposite. <laughs> She's like, you need to like, you know, life's not one big, like yes, it is mom for now. It's fun. Um, and then for work, I always felt like, okay, I just want to, the pressure that I felt was I wanted to find something that I could do that made a difference in the world. I haven't, I found it with YouTube, but I also need to pay the bills. Mm. So I had to stop doing that. Obviously we all have to pay the bills. Right. And during that period of time, I, I was, I struggled with balancing doing something I wanted to, to make a difference and paying the bills. So now I can pay the bills, but I can't do YouTube as much. So obviously we have our podcast right. where we feel like this is, if it can help anyone or inter- even in the very least entertain you for an hour, then great. Yeah. So this is a happy medium for me now. Um, and who knows, maybe we can do more in the future when you know we feel less or whatever. Right. Right. What were you going to say? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm getting old. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Same here. I'm like blanking out. What were we talking about? We're, talk- we're oh, talking so- about like buying a house, getting... Ah. So oh. I, I guess I my Yi feels... Sometimes she feels that. And I'm the voice of reason in that. Um, so what if we don't buy a house? I don't... I'm not trying to buy a house. You know, a house to me is like... It's for, it's a liability in my in, in my opinion because I don't have kids to give it to. Mm. Most people like if you're gonna have a family, yeah, you should probably buy a house because at at one point your house is a is a uh, it will it's appreciate. Asset. It's an asset and you will leave it for them. And all my friends whose f- parents' house have been paid off are much better financially, right? But I personally, yeah. Okay. What about when you're when we're like seven years old? 
you know, we need a place to live, but then we or don't have an income, for example, or don't have as much, having a house, then at least you, you know, you don't need to worry about that or like rent because rent will go on forever and it's just like burning money, right? Because it's not your asset. You said it's a liability, but I'm like, it's an asset too. Well, it's a trade-off, right? Because yeah. for rent, you don't have to maintain the property versus if you own it, you have to maintain it. True. So that's the trade-off. Um, but I, I think it's like, I think a lot of us now, at least like we don't have real pressures, like for example, like raising a kid, like we have no real obligations like that. Right. Or like no mortgage to pay right now mm. that I know of, um, <laughs> or a kid that we know of. <laughs> I definitely think those are the two next. I feel like the three of us are similar where we're working on our career we rent, we don't own, and we're comfortable where we are romantically. I think the next one is if you, and maybe I'm putting this off because I don't want a kid. If I do, my life is going to change. There will be pressure. And I'll tell you right now, I will not be okay with that. As many, as many crazy nights at the restaurant or, you know, falling off ATVs and doing crazy things, I am not ready to take responsibility for another tiny human being and make sure that they, you know, survive, uh, survive and make survive. good decisions. And, you know, so I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to need to, but that, that's probably what's next. You know, that's like, that's, that's some pressure that I don't even, I can't even describe because all my friends have kids and they change. Not like their personality change, but like when I'm with them, they're not quite themselves. They're not quite there. It, like <laughs> what I mean is like they are, but they're not because now they're a father and I can already tell that it like me right now, all I have to worry about is me and ye. That's it. And our grandparents, that's it. So when you have a kid, I could tell like you can enjoy things, but right after you like go out, have a boy's night once every five months, you're like, I got to go home. Cause I got a kid. They gotta make sure my kid gets up for school. Da, da, da. I'm like, oh my god, you're you know when I when you hear you're living for your kids, mm. that's true. So everything else, so, so yeah, so no, yeah, for the most part, so nothing. And I'm not saying they're happy. And you know they look at me and I'm like, you look like you haven't slept in months. But they, but the rewarding thing is they are a parent, mm. and you are taking responsibility and rearing another child who will grow up hopefully to be a good person. Right. So it's rewarding in that sense, but I, I'm okay. I don't need that right now. <laughs> I, I mean, like first is like, how did your sister, I, I think we bring it up all the time. It was like, what were, like, she also I, doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, what were the, like, what were the, like, I, I guess there's like a, somewhat natural progression of life or for like for 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 like modern life it's like you know you might have your first major purchase of a car and then married house whatever right there's that like that progression that most folks have and then so at each stage you're like you kind of change accordingly too right and so you're just saying that you either that you don't want that or you're not ready for it i also don't want kids and probably not actually honestly i'd be ready for it because i'm ready for anything 
I just don't want kids. But also, like, I don't see, you know, when most people, they see, like, a major purchase, like a car, a home, a promotion as, like, when you play the board game, the game of life, it's like you you have, you think that you're, you're hitting milestones and you take that to mean happiness or progression in life. Mm. I just don't take those things to be, I take those as just a byproduct. Mm. So uh, I, if I'm doing well and I happen to buy a car or I happen to buy a house, great, I'm gonna enjoy it. But I don't feel like I've made it to, yeah, and I don't need it. It's nice because it's there. But I don't take it to mean like I've progressed. I take more, I would say for me, and maybe this is a whole nother topic, is like how do you know you're progressing in life? Because we did one, how do you know you're growing up? Is Mm. I feel like I'm mentally progressing. So for me, the older I get, progression for me is like I'm able to make better sound decisions. I'm better at giving advice. Mm. I have more wisdom. Mm. I don't get as angry. I still get angry, Mm. but I get less angry. And I can see the bigger picture. And to me, those are like milestones I want. Like at the moment when I feel like if if one if somebody working under me makes a mistake and, I, and my first instance isn't to yell at him and tell him that they did a horrible job, but here's how to correct it. And it's more like, I'm just going to let you keep doing it, let you come to me, hmm. then I'll tell you. Then I feel like, hey, I've grown up a little bit. That is- so, so you're like a, a parent of some sort at yeah. work. <laughs> I mean, okay, that's great. But wouldn't it be nice to also have a tangible thing that you can see and touch? You mean <laughs> like, wait, what are you talking about? A child? <laughs> no, I was thinking about my bag. <laughs> like as a sign that you've progressed in life. I've digressed. <laughs> I forgot what we were So that's about. also, so do you consider that bag a, a liability or an asset? <laughs> that is just, that is just a result of my heart work. A byproduct? Yeah, yeah. it okay. is a byproduct of my heart work. Like, do I need it? Maybe no. But it's nice to like look at it and be like, yeah, I've worked hard for this. That's what I meant. Not a child. <laughs> Not what you were thinking. So you have that bag. But then normally you're like this in a t-shirt and pajamas. That's right. That's right. Right. Yes. The the duality, right? The duality. Okay. Okay. Well, in that sense. All right. <laughs> we have we are. This is the point of the night when we're done, and we're starting to go on tangents. And uh, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, so we it's a we talked a lot about different types of pressure, how we handle it. Does it make us better, worse? Um, whether it's self-inflicted from your parents, from society, from work, from childhood competitions. So we'd love to hear from you guys feedback. Do you agree? Do you disagree? What types of situations did you guys face? Do you feel it now? Whatever, all kinds of stuff. It's a two-way street, guys. We'd love to talk to you guys. As always, thank you for listening. Send us stuff to talk about. Bye. Bye. Bye.